Hello, everyone, and welcome to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. I'm Karen Sullivan, the founder of Pretty Wellness, a two-time breast cancer survivor thriving with stage four disease, and author of the book that shares the same name of this podcast, Happiness Through Hardship. I'm also a girl who wishes on pennies. I try to see the good in everything, even when life is not so great. But sometimes it takes a little more, and this podcast will provide you with what worked well for me, success stories of people that have been through hard times, and simple suggestions that brought hope, resources, and connections. I hope you've been able to catch our recent episodes, including Samantha Harris of Dancing with the Stars fame, where we talk about cancer, wellness, and her simple tips for finding, as she titles it, your healthiest healthy. Or last week's episode with Jenna Jacobs McPartland of the Stan Vegan Cafe, who shares her story about love, loss, and how she moved forward after her husband passed away in 9-11. If you've liked these episodes or others, please tell your friends and do me a favor, rate, review, and subscribe. Your efforts truly will help this podcast get noticed. And now for this episode, I'm excited to introduce you to Christine St. Ville. She's known as the Fly Mom, an author, entrepreneur, and founder of Moms in Charge and The Social Scoop. She's truly on a mission to help moms feel good without the guilt. In addition to her career, she's a wife and mom of three kids who are homeschooled. I thought this would be a great conversation, especially as I've been listening to chats in the media and around my own circles where many of us are talking about school. So many are wondering about education during the pandemic, whether it's online learning, a hybrid approach, or even homeschooling. Many of us are contemplating what arrangements make sense for our kids. So today's episode is about information and resources as it relates to homeschooling. Whether it's an avenue you're considering or not, today's guest offers a ton of useful information on how how to help ourselves and our kids find joy and success when taking a different approach to schooling. So grab your favorite drink, get cozy, and let's get started. So excited for today's guest. Christine St. Ville is an entrepreneur known as the fly mom behind Moms in Charge. She started Moms in Charge over eight years ago because she wanted to empower moms to go after their goals and dreams without sacrificing them to motherhood. So she's a wife and a homeschool mom of three. She's also a biology whiz who later took her corporate career into human resources and now as a speaker trainer, and author of Whose Shoes Are You Wearing? 12 Steps to Uncovering the Woman You Really Want to Be. Now, Christine, as you can imagine, has received many awards, including a Writer's Choice Award from Black and Married with Kids, an Entrepreneur of the Year Award from Still, or it's the Entrepreneur of the Year Stiletto Women in Business Award. And last year, she received the Stellar Work in Literature Award. She's a media dynamo. Her work has been featured in local and national media outlets throughout the country. She is truly on a mission to help moms feel good without feeling guilty. Now, I connected with Christine at a conference in Atlanta, and she shared how she's been homeschooling her kids for years. So when this discussion has been going on the last few months, and now with an upcoming school year, digital learning versus homeschooling versus hybrid versus in-school, 
I knew she was the perfect guest to enlighten us. So welcome, Christine. Thanks for being on. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I am thrilled, Karen. And that intro was um, you made me feel so good. I'm sitting here cheesing right now. <laughs> oh, oh, you, listen, you did all the work. It's all about you. And how about me kind of tripping over the stiletto award? Like that award, um, I mean, man, in so on so many levels, I, I you know, I love the idea of that. But really, I, I'm sure it's a more it's about, you know, being able to play many roles gracefully yes. and with a with a mission. So thank you. I know like Absolutely. You are well deserved of so many awards. And, you know, Thank I've you. seen a lot of your media work too, which is why I knew that you, um, you know, I know that you are a woman of your word and you could be so helpful to so many people here. Thank you. I sure hope that this conversation will help a lot of people. So I'm excited to be here. Well, first, before we dig in, can you tell our listeners something about you that's fun or funny or that people might not know? from going to Moms in Charge? You know what's funny when, <laughs> it's funny because I just shared this on Twitter, kind of, sort of, the other day, but I don't think I've really shared it on my blog, but I actually am a flute player. Well, <gasps> I played the flute for 15 years. Really? <laughs> and I actually was in the marching band when I went to Hampton. So the funny thing about that is I only played the flute but when I got to Hampton, I was told that they don't play flutes in the marching band. Oh my I had goodness. to learn how to play the piccolo. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was my very first time playing the piccolo. So there you go. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I mean, so you must be very musically talented as well if you were able to pick up another instrument. Yeah, well, it's funny. I think, you know, I grew up in the performing arts. That's another fun fact. And I think that learning how to adapt <laughs> was something that, you know, just, just came naturally for me. So I literally had to learn how to play the piccolo within like a couple of weeks of getting to college. So is it, <laughs> there you go. Well, that that is beautiful. And isn't that interesting, though? Even when we're kids, we learn lessons, whether it's in the performing arts, whether it's on the sports teams that can help us adapt, be resilient, Absolutely. that'll help us in years to come. So, mm -hmm. or yeah. it helps us share with our kids, right? Yes. And enlighten them <laughs> in years to come. Yes, it does. It definitely does. Now, I, I think it would be interesting if you could share with us before you started Mar Moms in Charge. Talk to us a little bit about your life and what made you decide to go down that road. Absolutely. That's one of my favorite questions because I really had no inclination of what Moms in Charge would become. So I left my corporate job. I worked as a recruiting manager for several years uh, in the, health, in the um, health industry and then going into hospitality. And I loved what I did, but the company that I was working for at the time became kind of a stressful environment. And so I ended up leaving when I was six and a half months pregnant with my third child. Okay. Uh, so that was a hard decision in and of itself. But I knew that I had to take care of myself and my unborn child. And so I decided to leave. Well, when I became, you know, stay-at-home mom, my plan was to go back to work. I loved what I did. I was just going to find another job yep. <laughs> working yeah. for another company, right, right? right? 
So, you know, I was looking, I actually was doing some contract work for a company doing a recruiting for a contractor as a contractor while I was still, you know, waiting to have my baby. And then my plan was to, you know, keep looking and then go back to work after maternity leave. Well, while I was home, you know, one of the ways that I kind of kept my sanity, because I was now becoming a mom of three under three, um, you know, I would join Facebook groups with other moms. And a lot of the conversation in those Facebook groups, moms were sharing all of the things that they wanted to do, whether it was, you know, up-level their career, whether it was starting a business, whether it was going back to school. But the common thread amongst a lot of those conversations were moms saying how they couldn't do it until their kids started school or they couldn't do it until their kids graduated from school, you know? And so my question, you know, or my mentality at the time was always, well, why can't you do both? Like, why can't you support your kids and be a great mom and then also support yourself and go after your own dreams? And it was interesting because at the time my son was, you know, in preschool, and, you know, we're having those conversations, you know, they ask you, what do you want to be when yeah, you grow up? Right, <laughs> you know? right. And so at the time I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm asking my son this and I'm telling him he can do all of these things, but am I doing the things that I say I want to do? Right. Like, am I being that example for him yeah. to say, well, if mommy can do it, like, why can't you, you know, go after your goals and dreams? So that was the premise for me starting, you know, moms in charge, like to help moms feel good about what they're doing. And, you know, as you know, as a mom, like there's always a lot of guilt around, you know, anything that we do, like, it's like, we go out and have fun. We take a a trip without the family and it's like, oh, we have guilt. But it's like, if you're doing something that is going to replenish you, that is going to bring you joy, you're only going to bring that back to your family. And that's nothing to feel guilty about. So that was the premise for me starting Moms in Charge. And it has blessed me in so many ways (laughs) that I can't even count right now. (laughs) Well, I mean, again, being an entrepreneur, as as someone who's been doing it for, you know, a few years now, it is not as easy as it sounds. It can be incredibly stressful and, you know, and incredible incredibly celebratory as well, right? There's mm-hmm. so many different emotions I think I'm tied to being an entrepreneur. Um, but Stefan, you've, you've got kids, right? So we, okay. I know when I was in corporate, I knew in my mind that my kid was in daycare so that I could work. When I became an entrepreneur, you know, things changed a little bit. I didn't have the same structure that I had before. And then, then my son did go to school. And so you made the decision to put your kids or, or to homeschool your kids. Mm-hmm. Can you, ex, you know, talk to us a little bit about how you made that decision? Because here you are starting this, this company yourself and embarking on homeschooling your kids. How did you manage both of that? Both of those? Yeah. Well, it wasn't an easy decision. I definitely was going crazy in the beginning. <laughs> but one of the things that one of one of the one of the things that we looked at. So at the time, like I mentioned, my son was in preschool at the time, and so he was, I think, going into his third year of preschool. So in the state okay. of Maryland, you have to be you have to be five by September first in order to start kindergarten. And my oldest two have late September birthdays. So that meant that they were going to have to wait an entire year to start kindergarten. 
And, you know, even though we tried to do like the testing out, they test out on a first grade level. So, you know, for us, we were like, okay, well, since he can't start kindergarten, let's get him ready for the full day schedule. So we were going to keep him at the private preschool because they only had half day programs. Okay. So we kept him there and then we're like, okay, we'll do the morning half at the public preschool that he's slated for. And that way it gives him, you know, kind of an idea of what to expect. And so we did that. And, you know, it was it was interesting because going into like this different environment of the public school, private school, like he they were teaching things that he had been doing for the last couple of years. Okay. And it was frustrating because I'm like, but you said he wasn't ready for kindergarten. Like he'd been doing all of these things. So, um, you know, it was actually my husband that first brought up the idea of homeschooling and, you know, understanding like, hey, we could do like so much more and we could teach the pace that he's on and he won't kind of be held back is is how we looked at it. And so at the time we're like, okay, if we're going to try it, like now's the time to try it when, you know, ABCs one plus one, like it's right. easy stuff right. now. <laughs> you know, now's the time to figure out if we, you know, if we can do it. And then also when we looked as a family, what our long-term goals were, we knew that we wanted to be able to travel anytime, pick up and go. I was getting more opportunities to do that. And we knew that being in a traditional school setting, we wouldn't be able to do that without repercussions, right? Like, Uh because you can only miss but so many days, you know, you got to do, you know, and so we took all of that into account as far as like, okay, you know, two, three, five, 10 years from now, like, what do we want to be able to do and travel and get up as we please was part of that process. That was part of the decision-making um, and so we're like, okay, let's, let's figure out what we need to do. The first thing that I did was reach out to a friend and great mentor of mine because she was, um, and is a successful business owner. She was a mom of six at the okay. well, she's she has six and, um, she had been homeschooling all of her kids and her oh, oldest wow. okay. I think was 15 at that time. Okay. So I, we, you know, we sat down with her. We're like, listen, we need help before we dive into this. Like we need to know what we need to do? What is the first things? And so we literally, um, the first thing that we did is found a co-op. She helped us find a co-op, which for those who don't know exactly what that is, is basically an environment with other homeschoolers that come together and other kids are able to kind of pick and choose what classes they want to do within an environment with other homeschoolers. Typically they meet once a week. Um, and so that's what we've always done. We've been part of a co-op community. We'll take field trips together, you know, whether it's to museums or, you know, farms or, you know, whatever the case may be. So that became more of like a support system as well. There's yeah. kids, you know, of all ages, right? There's parents who have been homeschooling for who are just beginning and who have been homeschooling. And so you're learning from all of these people and learning different resources and learning what works. And so that literally was like how we got into it. And then kind of the first steps that we needed, like we needed to learn from other people who had been doing it, what they were doing and how we could then transition. Wow. And and I'm assuming now for those who are considering homeschooling, there's so many resources out there. Oh like you said, you had this friend, this role model that brought you in and gave you, uh, you know, all the ins and the outs. And then when you met with the, mm-hmm. the co-op group, you've got this support. Now, I, I mean, yes. that that was so much support. 
eye-opening for me just now because I didn't realize since homeschooling is when you and I met and we spoke about it briefly, you know, I, I just don't know what I didn't know. And all those questions that I think come to people's mind when they've thought about homeschooling in the past is, are you sitting at, at home by yourself at the right. kitchen table? <laughs> yeah, that's what most people think for sure. And we didn't want that to be us like you know we wanted our kids to be able to have the same opportunities whether it was sports you know my oldest two had just started doing taekwondo and you know there were just other things that we wanted to be able to do and so we wanted to be able to figure out how we wanted our environment to look like and how our kids could thrive and so being able to have that one day a week where we could meet with other homeschoolers kind of do our thing and then maybe meet you know if we did field trips like that was a great outlet too because then we again could see what other people were doing take what we wanted and leave what we didn't (laughs) wow I mean and it sounds like it's been working well for you guys yeah it has it really has and I think, you know, our kids, like now that's really all they know, you know, they're, they are 10, they are nine, 10 going on 11 and 12 going on 13 next month. So, you know, they, they definitely, um, you know, kind of understand it now that we've kind of been in this environment, it's, we've had to adjust, right? Maybe right. not as much as most people, right. but they don't have their co-ops to go to, right? And what, this year we were actually in two co-ops. One was specifically around STEM. So they literally got to go and build robots and different things day a week. But like now we don't have that. So now I actually have partnered with a brand that that does STEM online. Right. And now they can learn these different things that they were doing in person. And now we can do it at home. So it's really has been about finding different resources. And because I feel like I've been more connected virtually and you know, outside of traditional school, it's been easier for me to kind of find these resources, even in this, in this space that we're in, where we can't go out, you know, and, and meet with other, with other homeschool students. So can you share with us some of your favorite resources, whether someone is homeschooling or not, there is a a chance, a good chance that many schools will be hybrid. I know a number of schools have already decided they're going to be digital for, or Mm -hmm. online learning for at least the first semester. So what are those favorite resources for whether it's STEM or performing arts, yeah. Spanish, whatever sure. it might be? Right, for sure. So I would say one of the things um, that I loved, especially, and, and this is kind of my kids are elementary, middle school ages, but um, if if for those parents who are like, I don't even know if I want to deal with, you know, the virtual distance learning, I don't know what's going on with the schools. I've had several people reach out and say they're trying to transition to homeschooling. Um, so one of the main resources I would say for that, if like, you know, that you want to homeschool for sure, um, hslda.org is an amazing organization. It is the Homeschool Legal Defense Association. And what they do is they have, they will tell you, if you go on their website, they will tell you what, uh, what the requirements are for your state. And sometimes they vary by county. So that is definitely a resource that you want to make sure that you look into to just to see like, you know, what do I have to do? What are the requirements to make sure that I am filling out the right paperwork in order to, you know, allow my child to homeschool? 
Um, another great resource that actually was fantastic. I don't know if they're still doing this, but Scholastic actually was giving, um, had free virtual learning resource centers, like when the pandemic first hit. So it was um, pre-K. I think they started pre-K through ninth grade wow. with um, like a lot of different free resources. So I would definitely make sure that you check that out. I have a whole list of like 50 plus resources that I can share with you. Yeah. Um, but that, that was definitely one. Audible on Amazon also had some free um, resources as well. Okay. So, you know, if you downloaded um, the Audible um, app, there were stories that you can stream to your desktop or tablet okay. um, that they allowed for free. So that was great for like, you know, especially if you have younger kids, um, great for story time, reading, things like that. Um, there's a lot of great online resources that I used very early on and still use because they have printables, worksheets. You can look for specific subjects and they'll have them for you. So like superteacherworksheet.com is one of them, superteacher worksheets, but okay. you literally can go on and download anything <laughs> that you're looking for. Um, and then there's a whole lot more like teachers pay teachers and then Facebook groups. Facebook groups are fantastic. We're fine. If you just type in homeschool parents or homeschool network or whatever, you'll find a bunch of different Facebook groups. Some of them are niched down, so you'll be able to tell like what it is that you're looking for. Um, but there's there are probably some in different states. Like I know there's a Maryland homeschooler group, so they keep us up to date in terms of what's going on. If any, like for us that homeschool, we have to actually um, you know share. Um, like our paperwork and things like that, that the kids are working on, you know, a couple of times a year okay. with the county. And so if anything changes with that, like this, this Facebook group is able to, I'm able to go in and see, okay, what has changed? What do I need to look at? So look for your state and see if they have like a homeschool group, uh, Facebook group for your state. But those like are definitely great, great ones. And then there's actually um, several homeschool podcasts. Uh, you know, that are great podcasts and blogs that are super helpful. One of my favorite blogs um, is hiphomeschoolmom.com okay. and Confessions of a Homeschool, Confessions of a Homeschooler. <laughs> so yeah, there, there's, I mean, there's a wealth of information and knowledge and just support because it is like, and I will just say this, I've heard and seen like a lot of veteran, quote, veteran homeschoolers kind of just giving some slack to, you know, though everyone else who basically is being forced to homeschool, which is basically what I, what I named my blog post that. And I will just say like, everyone is in a challenging time. Yes. And so, right. you know, we just have to give each other grace. Like yes. everyone is trying to figure stuff out. Everyone is trying to, you know, make the best decision for their families, for their children. And so it's so important that if you have resources that you can share, like share it. And if you're going to be snarky about it, then just keep it to yourself. <laughs> I, I mean, I love that you're sharing that because I think we don't know what's going on behind other, everybody else's closed doors. Yes. This is a hardship for everybody and, and anybody, yes. no matter what your risk tolerance level is, no matter what your immunity, immunity is, no matter what your life situation is, we've all been affected by yeah. COVID-19 mm -hmm. and our, you know, everybody's calling it the new normal. We don't know what the new normal is. And I think unknown mm -hmm. is really frightening for so many people. And so 
to the extent yeah. that anybody has any resources or, you know, I, I, I love success stories. And while we don't have, you know, we don't know what, how long we're going to be in, um, you know, without a vaccine or living the way we're living right now, uh, but right. support and connection I have found, um, you know, through my hardships can, can really yeah. help. And what is your routine when it comes to the day-to-day with homeschooling? Because I, you know, I know a lot of the moms that I talk with, including myself, sometimes we struggle mm-hmm. with, mm-hmm. we're not used to having the kids around. And so we had to right. figure out, you know, different workspaces and our mornings look differently than what we were used to. Um, can mm-hmm. you share what works for you or some yeah. tips that you think could work for others as well? For sure. So I will say this. It's interesting because I've always kind of tried to be the time blocker type of person. And I will also say that my husband is very hands on, you know, in terms of like helping with the kids, making sure I'm not the greatest at math. So that is his ministry, okay. not mine. Uh-huh. Like, so I know that I'm great with English and reading. So we kind of tackle it together. But it's funny because my oldest two just finished a summer program for middle schoolers and they met nine to 12, Monday through Thursday. They had Fridays off and it was on Zoom with a hundred other students and they were able to like go into different pods and they really liked that um, aspect of it. And so the hours that they did actually really worked well, as you know, also. And so what I tried to do is get them Set, set up for, you know, their, their schooling by nine. They had to be on, I think, a few minutes before. And then I kind of try to cram in what I could in that time, like, okay. because I knew that they were, um, you know, and this will probably work with a lot of people now that are uh, distance learning because they have the the teachers, right, that are going to be helping and kind of doing that. So that's kind of what this homeschooling program or this, this summer program was um, because they had teachers that they were working with. So it was nine to 12, they were able to kind of do that. And so in that time period, um, you know, I would try to block time to do work, like whether it was client work, whether it was, you know, um, scheduling content, you know, whatever that looked like, that's the time that I was like, okay, now that they're settled on here. Let me go over here and work on this. Um, But even without that, like I would try to either do a couple of hours in the morning before they got up. Um, And that's the beauty of homeschooling is understanding who your kids are, how they work. Like they don't do their best waking them up early in the morning to do work. (laughs) So we've kind of found the sweet spot that like, okay, by 10 o'clock, you know, we can eat breakfast and start work. But by that time, like I have been up, you know, for a couple hours, I can get some other work done, you know, before I get them started. So, you know, I think the beauty of it is really understanding like how your kids learn. And that has been kind of, I think, one of the challenges that we've been working on because we realized that like, all three of them are different. They learn differently. Um, one of my oldest is more independent. You can give him something, a task, and he'll do it. The middle one is like a hybrid uh-huh. of like, I can do it, but I want you to be here with me while I do it. And then the youngest is like, no, we got to work work on everything with her. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. So understanding that, we can kind of coordinate the times between, okay, if I know that my youngest needs my undivided attention, like I need to schedule that time out. So everything gets put on a calendar. Like I, I can't really do anything without it being on the calendar. It just doesn't get done. So we've had to kind of find a rhythm 
you know, even before the yeah. shutdown, it was like, okay, if we know that Mondays and Thursdays, they're going to co-op, then, you know, on these other days, we're going to fit in, you know, their, their book work or their laptop work, whatever that looks like. So I'm, I'm a person, I love tools and not everybody is, I tend to be type A, mm-hmm. not everybody is like me. I found that the, you know, as an entrepreneur as well, when my son was in school, I could get a lot done. I could schedule all that time. And mm-hmm. when we first started with digital learning, you know, we were all trying to figure it out and it was incredibly stressful. But when I realized, like I tried to have him sit in my office with me thinking that that would be like, I'd be able to help him. But then okay. I was, yeah. then he was always asking me questions. Sometimes they were silly questions like wanting to procrastinate. Right. And yes. I learned <laughs> through my own experience that, you know, he, and I'm not saying everybody needed this, but he needed his own space. It also gave him some room to grow and, and to, mm. to take some responsibility without me. So it was, it was very interesting. Uh, the, the yeah. other thing I found that again, worked for me, I don't know if this works for other people, but you talk about scheduling and I can see my sister's spreadsheet. Like she has three kids and she has a <laughs> spreadsheet hour to hour, what they would be working on similar to the school day and then some other fun things. Um, that's not me. I'm a checklist person. And so mm-hmm. I would say to Definitely. Kyle, okay, you got to get your schoolwork done. Check. You got to get your reading done. Hopefully check. Mm-hmm. You've got to do, you know, a lot of times they had gym and that could be him going in the, ba- in the backyard and, and playing with the pitchback as he, he loves baseball. And then I got this, I can't take credit for it. I got this from a friend of mine where she tries to get her d- kids to do an act of kindness. And so on his checklist was act of kindness. Now, if my parents are listening to this, you know, I might be selling my son out here, but it might be, um, you know, call your grandparents, you know, write a nice card to a few, like some snail mail to snail mail Mm -hmm. to a few different people or, you know, at various different times we would try and do something like a little charitable and that would, you know, that checklist took up some time that gave, you know, it gave him structure to, and he needs structure. Like he's a kid that needs structure, but it also gave me time that I knew until the checklist was done. I had some of my own time time to get time to work. I love that. That's awesome. And I love the kindness thing. So I, I time block in terms of here's my homeschool time and here's this, but not necessarily like, like my sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah, I don't, (laughs) but that works for her and she, and it works for a lot of people. Right. It's great. Mm -hmm. And I even said to my son, I'm like, we should do camp Nancy camp. It's redundant there. Camp Nancy camp. Like we're going to spend a week doing it her style and see if it works for us. So we haven't gotten Mm -hmm. there yet. But, right. um, but again, it's about, you know, we're here to talk about what works for us. Hopefully others yes. might dabble in it. And hey, sometimes it's trying something and it, it doesn't work, but you it leads you to another direction. Well, then that's success. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think, you know, the, the beauty of us when it comes to homeschooling is we've been able to kind of expose our kids to more different things that they, that they wouldn't necessarily have been exposed to. Um, you know, my daughter started sewing, then she started a business, then she started editing YouTube video, like videos, and then started the YouTube channel. But I don't know that she would have had that time to really focus on that or, you know, figure out if that's what she really wanted to do. Like if she didn't have opportunities, like in the co-op, there was a sewing class. So she was able to, to do those types of things, like those fun types of, um, learning activities. No, I, I love that. I think I, I saw some people, at least through social media, where it was 
the adults or the kids were trying new things, you know, all the images of the baked goods. And um, mm-hmm. I was trying to get back into my calligraphy, like my hand, you know, it's now more oh. modern calligraphy. I didn't necessarily get there. Uh, but it mm-hmm. still is on the list, right? I think yeah. whether it's homeschooling or our time is different through digital learning, it does give mm-hmm. us an opportunity, especially when we're staying at home, to tr- to try a few new things. And that's awesome that your your daughter's been able to do all that through uh, the experience that you're providing for your kids. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely, it's, it's teaching us too, so. <laughs> well, I would love for you to play what we call the grateful game. It's the way I end most of our episodes. And I think because I know that you are somebody who embraces gratitude and positivity, that I think it would be something that you would like. Are you willing to play? I would love to play, yes. All right, so what we'll do is, is, is Kyle and I play it on most nights where we give each other a time frame and it could be two minutes, it could be 30 seconds. And then I'll start, I'll list off what I'm grateful for and why. And whoever has the most wins. Now, what do we win? Nothing other than like (laughs) continual love and support from each other. But uh, right. I just think it's a fun way for us to talk about, you know, things that we're grateful for, what went went well in our day. And I do find that there'll be things that'll go on throughout the day that Mm -hmm. I'll be like, Ooh, I'm going to talk about that tonight with Kyle. Because sometimes, as you know, like our schedule with our kids, even if they're in the same house with us, they're doing different things than we're doing. And, you know, maybe you talk about it at dinner or um, maybe you don't, but at night, my son Mm -hmm. likes to just chill and that's his talking time. Mm-hmm. I and, love that. And, I love that. And so, all right. So I will start and I okay. will, I'll, let's say we'll do 30 seconds. Okay. All right. So I'm going to start with saying, um, I am really grateful for my little sister. Uh, yes, I'm grateful for my family, my friends. Uh, but as we were talking a lot um, about her on this episode, I don't, give her nearly as much credit as she deserves as a working mom of three who um, is really creative. And in that schedule I talked about, she has done tie-dye with the kids and she loves it. And she, um, she inspires me to do things that I would have not thought of. And so I, um, I, there's so many other things I could spend, but way more than 30 seconds talking about how grateful I am for her. So thank you, Nancy. I'm very grateful for you. Um, and then I am also grateful for Target. You and I talked about Target before we got on and how much we love Target and how we love that they are doing curbside pickup. So anybody that doesn't want to get out of the car, get the app. You can place your order. You can also have things delivered and they are giving Amazon a run for their money because they can do two day delivery. And so as a girl who grew up in Minnesota where targets are like on every other block, I was shocked when I moved to Connecticut in the early 2000s and there weren't a lot of targets. I literally, as I told you, I asked my husband, I'm like, how do you go target shopping? Like targets a <laughs> verb, you know? And right. so anyway, I, I, there's my two for a little over 30 seconds. It. Now I'm tossing it to you. Um, what are you grateful for? Those are, those are great. So shout out to your sister. She's awesome. I need to, I need to be friends with her. So, okay. So my two, I'm going to start with my husband because as you're talking about your sister, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't be able to be on this podcast right now if it wasn't for him because he had to take my youngest to do that. Keep the other two (laughs) 
occupied and entertained so that I could, you know, spend time doing things like this that I absolutely love. So he is um, a huge supporter of everything that I do. And I'm grateful for that. Um, The second thing I would say that I'm grateful for is my business because it's how we've been able to maintain. And even during this time, it has actually picked up even more. Um, and I've been busier with client work even more so now than I was before. So I'm super grateful for that and, and my clients. Well, that is up 30 seconds for you. It looks like we tied. So that's always tie? a good thing, right? Because <laughs> I don't need to win. I, you know, we're, we're all in this together, right? So um, before we close out, will you just share with us one thing, not just that you're grateful for that makes you happy about... Um, you know, you talked about your business and how it's it's growing now and you've been really busy. Tell us something uh, that makes you happy about your business, of what you're working on right now. Absolutely. So I love to train and, you know, I started my social media agency more so out of like word of mouth and people just recommending me to other people. And one of the things that I realized I love doing is teaching and training. So I have a Facebook group and um, I'm getting ready to do another challenge where I help entrepreneurs like figure out what they should be posting um, on social media, come up with their content strategy. That is something that I just realized I really, really love to do. So I'm excited about that. Well, and right now for so many people, I'm sure you've heard this, I've heard this, that they're considering with all the changes in the world um, that lead to other changes, which some people are furloughed, some people are losing their jobs, some people are not interested in their their old jobs and they want to go Mm -hmm. another direction, having an entrepreneurial coach, having somebody to help with social media, um, could, could really be the step in the right direction. So I, I'm sure that your business is, is booming right now. And congratulations on that because that, that's, um, that's not an easy thing. You may make it look easy, but I know it's not easy. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on today, for sharing your thoughts on homeschooling, for sharing your, you know, love of being an entrepreneur and helping people and moms, um, you know, to take one step, um, in the right direction to finding their own, you know, happiness. And that's something that's really near and dear to my heart as well as a mom Mm -hmm. who's been through hardship that, you know, has been through a corporate and an entrepreneurial entrepreneurial career and has a kid at home that I want to make sure has, you know, nurturing love and education. So thank you. Um, It's been great. And I will have all your contact information in the show notes, but please, where can people connect with you most? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This has been such an awesome experience for me, conversation, and I will share Just one tip of advice before we leave is for every mom that's listening, trying to navigate, like just give yourself grace and let go of the need to be perfect. Like things are going to change from day to day until we get into a rhythm and don't beat yourself up about it. Don't feel guilty about it. Like just take a breather and start again the next day. So I just wanted to share that because I know a lot of moms are struggling um, with that. So, but I can be found everywhere online at Moms in Charge, no I. That's also my blog, momsincharge.com. And, you know, if you're looking for social media, um, my Facebook group is The Social Scoop. 
the social scoop. That's great. That's great. Thank <laughs> you again, everybody. I think connect with Christine, uh, follow Christine, know that the resources are there, whether you need them today, you know, tomorrow or in the future. So again, I'm so grateful that you came on. It's so wonderful to connect again. Thank you to all the listeners who have been a part of this interview. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Happiness Through Hardship, the podcast. That is the way that we get noticed and we get more people to listen. And hopefully we get people to be inspired, to know that they can find joy during whatever journey or hardship that they might be going through. So um, giving everybody a virtual hug and bye for now. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to leave you with a quick thought, but first a request. Please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You leaving a review helps us with our podcast ranking. The higher we are ranked, the more people can discover our show. And tell your friends about us too. If you love us, they might as well. And now my parting words. We play the grateful game at the end of each episode and here is why. After my second diagnosis, I started to research who was thriving with cancer and what they were doing to be well. I learned that wellness is about consistent self-care, creating everyday practices that help improve your body and mind toward a state of good health. And for me, focusing on gratitude brings tremendous positive energy into my life. Now, this has been a wild and stressful academic year for so many. And while homeschooling, like Christine discussed, hasn't been my route, I learned a ton from her and plan to utilize some of the resources she suggested. I also want to give a big shout out to all educators, administrators, and school staff who were thrown into an incredibly new role under exhausting circumstances this past year, and even now looking into the future. It's really bittersweet that my son graduated from elementary school this June. I will miss so many of the teachers who made school a second home for him, and even for me as well. I know a ton is up in the air for this upcoming school year, and I'm truly applauding school staff, teachers, and administrators for continuing to care and work incredibly hard for our kids. I am going to miss Sammy the shark and all my friends there, but on to the new, and good luck to all of you who are embarking on it's going to be a new and different school year for all of us. So thanks again to all of you for joining us today. I am sending you lots of happiness and great health. Bye for now.